Praise the Lord, friends, and welcome to the broadcast. I'm so glad that you tuned in today. We're sharing on Have Faith and Doubt Not. This is a great series. Did you know as a believer, you do not have a faith problem. You have the exact same faith as Jesus. The challenge, however, with a lot of people is they don't know what they've been given, number one, right? Or number two, they are operating more in doubt or unbelief. We have an unbelief problem. Now, Dr. Lester Sumrall used to see, say this. He used to say, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Have faith, doubt not. So if you feed your faith and starve your doubts, you're gonna, the faith that you have as a believer, as a born again believer, you have the exact same faith as Jesus. You say, pastor, I don't know about that. Well, you know, the Bible actually says this in Romans chapter eight, verse nine, through verse 11, it says, if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his, but you have the spirit of Christ. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he'll quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. You have the spirit of Jesus Christ in you. Now, Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and verse 23 says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such, there is no law. Faith is a fruit of the spirit. You have the spirit of Jesus in you. So you have the exact same faith as Jesus. However, you are not 100% spirit. You also have a soul and a body. So if you feed information in your soul that's from the world, from circumstances that are contrary to the word of God, or from religious teaching that is teaching you contrary to what the Bible says, if, if you're feeding on information that doesn't agree with what God says about you, then it's going to be hard for your faith to overcome the doubt and unbelief that you're dealing with. And so doubt and unbelief, we talked about this a little bit in the last couple of days, but they primarily come from, number one, a lack of knowledge. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are kept in bondage because they have no knowledge in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13. So lack of knowledge. Also for wrong teaching. I believe it's in Mark chapter 7, Jesus said, through your traditions, you make the word of God of no effect. Sometimes we've been taught not to believe the promises of the word of God. We've been taught not to believe the Bible, right? So we need to believe the word of God. The third thing is circumstances that are contrary to the word of God. Jonah chapter two, verse eight says, those who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. In other words, God has mercy or grace for you as a believer. But if you observe lying vanities, if you observe circumstances that are contrary with what God said about you, that can take over and your, your faith is not gonna be able to, to move into and, and possess what God wants you to possess with it, amen? So Jesus talked about faith and said this. He said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, 
shall have whatsoever he saith. That's Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Notice it talks about saying three times as much as believing. So when you have the word in your heart and you meditate the word, the natural response of that is when you come up to a situation that's contrary, when, when you really have meditated the word and the word of God is really you know, growing in you and you're in a good relationship, the word is going to start coming out of you and you're going to start speaking the word. Praise God. That's how Jesus overcame the devil. Jesus overcame the devil by speaking the word. Now we said, we use this example in Matthew chapter 14 when the disciples, Jesus told them in verse 22 to verse 32, he said, I want you to go across the sea. And as they were going across the sea, they came in a great storm. And we talked about how sometimes we get in storms. And where do storms come from? Did you know we're in a world that's been affected by sin and Satan? And just because you get in a storm does not mean that God brought the storm. In fact, God is not the author of death, disease, destruction, lack, poverty, fear, in any way, shape, or form, period. And we talked about that. You can go back and watch yesterday's broadcast, however you could do that. But, but he says... How, how did people get there? Well, the, in this situation, in Matthew 14, they got in a storm because they were obeying Jesus. Sometimes we get in a challenge because we're living in the world. The Bible, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation, John 16, 33. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. Sometimes it could be your flesh. You know, the flesh less against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another. You cannot do what you would if you've, if you've gotten the flesh. Get out. Turn around. Amen. Let the spirit rule. Praise God. Sometimes it's a devil. Once in a while. You know, a lot of times people are playing, blaming their problems on the devil, and sometimes it's just them. Right? So you do have an enemy, though, and the Bible says to resist him steadfast in the faith. We read that at the end of the broadcast yesterday in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. So what do we do if we get in a storm? Well, number one, don't give up on your faith. Keep believing Jesus. You know, they were in that storm, and Jesus came walking on the water, would have passed them by, and they cried out for fear. And Jesus said, be of good cheer. It's I. Be not afraid. You know, there's three cheers in the New Testament. Praise God in the Gospels. Number one, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Cheer up. Hallelujah to the man they let through the roof to be healed. Your, your sins are forgiven. You need to know your sins are forgiven. You can cheer up. Praise God. Number two, Jesus said, in the world, you, you shall have tribulation. We just quoted that, John 16, 33. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus is greater than the world. God in you is greater than the devil in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. But the third one is this. I haven't left you. And even though you may feel you're like in a really bad, hard place, the Lord Jesus Christ has not left you. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He is with you. You need to keep believing him. So keep believing Jesus. The second thing is keep your eyes on him. Now, when Jesus, you know, was there, Peter, you know, and said, be of good cheer. It's I be not afraid. Peter's in the boat. He says, hey, Lord, if it's you, call me, I, you know, you know, to come to you. And, 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 and Jesus said, come, bid me to come. And Peter gets out of the boat and walks on. You know, when Jesus said, come, there was enough power in his word that every one of those disciples in the boat could have got out and walked on the water. And there are so many people criticize Peter because, you know, he, 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 you know, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And it seems like Jesus was probably a ways from him. And he's walking on the water. But he looked up and seeing the wind and the waves contrary. You know, he took his eyes off Jesus. I mean, I, I couldn't walk on the water, whether it's six inches deep, 60 feet deep, whether it's calm. <laughs> I've never walked on water. But Peter walked on the water. That's amazing. 
And, and you know, and, and he, when he when he began to sink, take, took his eyes off of Jesus, got his eyes on the storm. Sometimes you, you're you so in that battle, in that challenge, in that difficulty. It's hard not to get your eyes on the circumstances and the difficulties and the problems and the doctor's reports and the, the you know, the, the bill payers and, you know, bill collectors and, and all these different things. But you've got to take your eyes off all these negative circumstances and all these problems and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You need to fix your focus on Jesus. Fix your focus on the word. I just talked about an instance like this. You know, I, I shared about this instance where I was in a challenge and, you know, we had a, a, a terrible blizzard and I had over 3,000 cattle. I owed over $3 million between the feedlots and the, and the banks and, and, and I lost over a quarter million dollars just like that. And, you know, it, it was overwhelming to me. But, you know, when I was going through that situation, and this is one of my points today, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Lawson, don't look at what you lost. Look at what you have. And, you know, I had some good friends, old timers, been in the business a long time at that time. And they said, you're lucky that you didn't go bankrupt. You're lucky you didn't lose everything. And so I was fortunate. God helped me. And you know what? We came out of that. But when I was going through that, I was laying on my couch, praying in the night. The Lord said, don't look at what you lost. Look at what you have. And I began to look at, I've got a good family. You know what? I've got a good relationship with God. I've got a good church. I, you know, I, I started looking at every positive thing. Good children, a good wife. I, I began to thank God for every positive thing in my life. And you know what? I moved out of that situation. But not long after I'd been through that, Mark and Trina Hankins were coming and they were flying through Colorado. They were going to fly over and land by Buena Vista, but something happened and they couldn't take their jet over there because of the weather or something. And, and so they landed here in Colorado Springs and Mark and Trina called me and Mark asked if I would drive them. It's a couple hour drive from Colorado Springs to Buena Vista over in the mountains. I said, sure, I'll be happy to take you. So I went and picked him up and I, and I was sharing this situation with Mark and Trina as we were driving and Trina began to minister this scripture to me that there's treasure to be desired in the house of the wise and much oil. I think it's Proverbs 20, 21. It might be Proverbs 21, 20, but it's in Proverbs. And you know that when she began to minister, she began to speak the word and it, it just began to minister healing to my soul, really, to my, you know, my spirit was already healed, but it began to minister healing to my soul. And you know what? I came out of that situation. In fact, I know that the Bible says, you know, I turned this around on the devil. And this is what you need to do when the devil attacks you. You need to turn it around. And I turned it around because the Bible says if a thief be found, he's got to repay seven times. And I started believing God that I would get that back. And I got that loss back seven, over seven times. Praise God. And, and you know what? We need to just keep believing God. So I'm going to tell you, that storm did not come from God. You know, and, it, you know, I got in that storm. Sometimes I wondered, God, couldn't you have showed me? Well, I got in it. And sometimes we're in the world and storms come. And we don't always know why. But I never blame God for the problem. But in that, God gave me this first thing was look at what you have, not what you lost. And then here's another thing you need to do is learn to look where you are and not where you've been. You know, live in the moment. Praise God. You know, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says, now faith is the substance of the things that we hope for, the evidence of things We've not seen. Now faith is. Faith is in the now. You know, you could talk about shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we would all have a Merry Christmas. You know, but you can't cry over spilt milk. You know, and sometimes we're weeping about a former loss. Sometimes we're weeping about a former success. But you know, if you want to move forward with God, you got to let go of those things. 
Paul says that in Philippians chapter 3, he says that in verse 13 and 14, this one thing that I do, this one thing, learn the power of this one thing. He says, I forget about the things that are behind me, and I press toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you got to get about, forget about your past failures. You've got to forget about your past losses. But sometimes you not only have to forget about your past failures, your past losses, the past people that have hurt you. Man, I'm a pastor, and I love people, no matter what anybody says. I love people. And I have had people, you know, do some terrible things. And sometimes it's taken me a while to get over that, to get my soul healed from these challenges where people come and make accusations. And I'm telling you, there's one thing that I will not stand for as a pastor. I will not stand for it when people make false accusations against another person. I do not like that, and I don't stand for it in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, I've, I've heard different things, and people say, well, I just have a feeling. Well, we can't judge somebody on a feeling. You know, I had a dream. We're not going to judge somebody on your dream. I, you know what? I had a terrible dream last night. You know what I do with that? I discard it. I throw it in the trash. It's from the devil. You know what? I am not being led. You know, sometimes I have dreams and visions that come from God, and I thank God. And sometimes I have dreams and visions, dreams of different things. Not visions, but dreams that come. I know it comes straight from the pit of hell. And you know what? I know the difference. And how do I? I know the difference because of what the Bible says. So some dream comes to me and it doesn't agree with the word of God and there is no evidence. I throw it in the trash. Discard, gone. I don't even spend the time of day thinking about it. I wouldn't even be talking about the one I had last night if it, if it wasn't just right now. It just came to me. But sometimes people, you know, they want to make judgments against other people over some dream they had. And, and, and there's no truth. There's no evidence. It's lies. We do not do that. We do not allow false accusations. You know, the Bible says, if you're going to receive a witness against somebody, you receive it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And you know what? If you're going to judge them, it's by what the scripture says, not by your goofy brain. And just God bless you. You know, some people think they have the discerning of devils. And it's not the, the gift of the spirit is not the discerning of devils, by the way. It's the discerning of spirits. And it's to discern that the presence or activity of a spirit, whether it is good or evil. And if you think that you have the discerning of devils, you turn that around and use it on yourself a little bit, and you'll quit using it on everybody else. Just quit using that garbage and quit falsely accusing people. We don't need to be falsely accusing people. They got enough guilt. They got enough condemnation. They got enough problems without religion. Man, I hate religion. I grew up in a religious church. The Sunday school teachers and, and, the, and some of the leaders came to my dad. I was a little skinny kid. Said, what do you feed that kid, bologna sandwiches? Man, it, it made my dad mad. It made him furious. You know, we shouldn't be saying insulting things to other people. That is crazy. And so, you know, sometimes as a pastor, you got, I got to, you know what, let go. It hurts. Sometimes people, if you're in the church very long, listen, I heard one of my friends said this. He said, worldly people, they'll stab you in the back and run over you. Church people. They'll stab you in the back and run over you and say, God told them to do it. <laughs> it's crazy. And so you got to learn how to forgive. You got to learn how to forget. You got to learn how to get tough skin. Amen. You got to learn how to let the love of God flow through you. Man, it's a lifelong process. And I've been through plenty of it myself. Hallelujah. Sometimes, man, I know there's a tax gun, but I know it's because God's taking us up to another level. I'd love something Joyce Meyer said. She said, another level, another devil. 
So I'm not ever saying you don't, sometimes people don't deal with things that are demonic or whatever, but you can't, you can't let these things that people have said or whatever hold you back from what the Lord has for you. You need to be where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do. Praise God. You need to be with the people. You know that God wants you to be. It's hard to get where God wants you to go without people around you. I couldn't go where I'm going without people. It takes people. I have 20 staff that work for me. I have people besides my staff that work for me. And you know what? We flat could not do what we do without the help of other people. And so, you know, here's some things to, you know, keep in your eyes on Jesus. You know, when you look at this in Matthew 14, they were in this terrible storm. Peter got out and walked on the water, but he had to put his eyes and fix his eyes on Jesus. You know, we, we brought up the scripture in Jonah 2 verse 8. Those who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. You know, you got to fix your focus on Jesus. Look at what you have, not what you've lost. You've got you've to look at the promises of God. Keep your eyes fixed on the word of God. You need to see where you are, not where you've been. Praise God. Here's another thing. Rehearse the victory. Praise God. If you want to walk in victory for a long, long time, you need to learn how to rehearse the victory. You know, the word spoken to you must become the word spoken through you. I want to go to this in Exodus chapter 17. This is after the children of Israel have come out of Egypt and they're, they're, in, the, they're in the wilderness and they're, they're moving towards the promised land. As they, they begin to, you know, begin to move towards the promised land, there's some, there's some challenges out there. And so in Exodus chapter 17, Israel is battling with Amalek. And, and this is when... You know, God spoke to Moses. Moses went up on the hill and he took his rod in his hand and, and Aaron, right, went with him. And uh, not only did Aaron go with him, but her and they held up his hands. And when Moses held up the rod, Israel prevailed. And if the rod came down, the, the Amalekites prevailed. But Moses sent Joshua to go out there and fight in this battle. This is the first battle after they, you know, came out of Egypt and they were there in the wilderness. And Moses spoke to Joshua and said, choose out men and I'll go and I'll hold the rod up on the hill. And, and it says here that Joshua, uh, you know, Aaron and her, when, when Moses' hands got heavy, you know, Aaron and her held up his hands until the going down of the sun. And it says in verse 13, and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of of Joshua, you need to rehearse the victory. You know, I believe that Joshua got a picture of victory on the inside of him that was so big. That's all that he saw. He just saw victory. Praise God. And he says, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. I'm going to blot out the remembrance of Amalek. So, you know, you need to get the victory, get a picture of victory from the word of God, get it in your mind and rehearse it in your ears. And it says in verse 15, and Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Here's another example of this. You know, when David killed Saul, he took his head and they carried his head and, and, and to Jerusalem. But he took Saul's armor and he hung Saul's armor in his tent. You know, and he, he wanted to see because he was constantly remembering the victory that God gave him. You need to constantly rehearse the victory. You need to remember the victory. You need to build from a position of victory. Do you know Jesus has already conquered the enemy in our case? Jesus has already defeated the devil. Praise God. And the word of God has already made you a promise. Jesus already paid for you to have it. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit to walk that promise out. 
And, you know, but if you're going to walk in that victory, you got to get a picture of victory. But David hung Goliath's armor in his tent, and I think he looked at it, and, and it just reminded him how big his God was. Praise God. And you know what? The, the, you know, people have said that Solomon, David's son, who became king, had, you know, he, he, you know, over all of Israel, he didn't have any giants to defeat. Now, I'm sure there were some giants. But at the same point in time, it says because David killed them all. Solomon as a whole had a tremendous amount of peace and, and had a tremendous, tremendous amount of prosperity. In fact, you know what? Solomon asked God for wisdom to do what God called him to do. And God said, listen, because you didn't ask for silver or gold or different things or lands or, or all these, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you silver and gold like nobody has ever seen. Do you know Solomon, that he started out, when Solomon took over the kingdom, what he did is he started out by praising and thanking and glorifying God. They, they just had a meeting of thanksgiving. If you want to move forward in victory, start, start rehearsing the victory. Start praising and thanking and glorifying God. You know, the Bible says this in Ephesians 4, or, or Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Man, if you'll sandwich your prayers in between thanksgiving, you'll get a lot more done. But you need to learn how to rehearse the victory. Praise God. And you know, I believe David got a picture of victory when he hunted Saul's arm, and he went from victory to victory to victory. And then Solomon went and extended the victory that David had, praise God, and, and lived. I mean, he had so much wealth that they piled the silver in the streets, and they couldn't even count it. I don't know anybody that has so much money that they can't count it. Hallelujah. He made Israel one of the richest nations in the world, praise God. It was amazing the wealth that God brought to Israel because of the wisdom of Solomon. And God gave him that wisdom. But she, David had this victory and got a picture of victory. And he defeated the enemies of Israel so Solomon could leave in peace and have a lot of prosperity. Praise God. We need to thank God in America. We've had so much peace. We've had so much blessing. I think a lot of people don't even realize how much we've been given in America. You know, they say the poverty level in America might be like 50000 for a family. It's some unreal figure. And, you know, in, in most countries, the average poverty level is $700 a year, where people make $2 a day. So because of that, most of you could say, hey, I'm wealthy. I'm blessed. And the fact is, did you know what? If you're born again, you're blessed. You know, Joseph, the Bible says, was a prosperous man. And it says that in Genesis 39 when he was being sold on a slave block as an, you know, sold on a block as a slave. He probably didn't have anything more than a loincloth. And it says the Lord was with him and he was a prosperous man. But you need to rehearse the victory. Get a picture of victory. Rehearse it in your mind. It says the Lord said to Moses, this is Exodus 17, 14. Write this for a memorial, this victory that Joshua had over Amalek in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Praise God, for I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my protector. We need to remember who the Lord is to us. So if we wanna keep walking in this victory that Jesus has, you know, and if we wanna keep walking in faith, 
Have faith, doubt not. That's what we're talking about. You know, we need to, number one, if you get in a storm, keep believing Jesus. Jesus was in the, you know, walked through that storm with the disciples. He came walking on the water when they were in that storm. And, and Jesus said, be of good cheer, it's I, be not afraid. But then we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. As we keep our eyes on Jesus, we keep our eyes on the promises. We keep our eyes on the word. We look at what we have and not what we lost. We look at where we are, not where we've been. Right? You, you need to forget about some of your past losses. I mean, I've had the devil put like a neon light in my mind before. You failed. You failed. You failed. You know, the devil is nothing but a liar. Don't believe him. I put that out of my mind. I'm not going to walk in that. Praise God. And, and we, need to, we need to, you know, forget about our past failures. Sometimes we need to forget about our past successes so we can move into the new things that God has before us. And then we need to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, the Bible says this in, he, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who the, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of God. You know, Jesus overcame the devil for us. Jesus conquered the enemy for us. Jesus won the battle for us. Jesus has already paid for our forgiveness. Jesus has already paid for our peace. Jesus already paid for our healing. Jesus already paid for our prosperity. But you know what? If, if you'll believe Jesus, first of all, receive him as your savior. But then believe what the word of God says. You can begin to move into what God has promised you. And don't let the devil keep you out. Amen? I don't believe the world, the flesh, or the devil. I don't believe anything, any of those things can keep you out of what God has for you. You know the only one that can keep you out of what God has for you is you. Praise God. So you keep believing the word of God. You keep speaking the word of God. Amen. And move into your divine destiny. Move into these things that God has for you. Well, I thank God for the time that you've been with me today. I've been teaching from my series, Have Faith and Doubt Not. This is a three CD series. If you'd like to get it, just give us a call at Karis Christian Center. Our, our phone number's right there on the screen. We would love to get this out to you. Also, you can get many of our teachings online. We're trying to get them where you can get all of my current teachings and, and the ones from the past several years online and get them absolutely free of charge. If you have questions about that, also, you could get our church app. If you get our church app, you get all of our latest broadcasts, all of our latest teachings from the church, absolutely free of charge. Just look for Karis Christian Center at the App Store, and you can get it there. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to partner with us, we'd love to hear from, from you or if you need prayer. Thank you so much, and God bless you.